the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If you are a follower of Christ, you've been confronted with the same question Jesus asked his disciples so long ago. Who do you say that I am? And you most likely responded as Peter did. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Join us today as Pastor Rander looks at this truth spoken by Peter then and applies just as much to our world today in this message, Jesus, Israel's True Messiah. He'll be teaching from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin. Turn with us to Matthew chapter 16, Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 20. Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 20. And there you'll find these words. The word of God reads, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of man am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah and others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father is in heaven. Verse 18. And I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. And from this particular passage of scripture, we want to preach this morning, Jesus, Israel's true Messiah. Jesus, Israel's true Messiah. Beloved, the ultimate question in all of life is who is Jesus? That's the ultimate question. And it is this very question that must be addressed in every generation. This question must be addressed in every nation and every tongue. For we live in a world that exalts evolution over creationism, abortion over the precious gift of life, safe sex over and condoms over abstinence and moral purity, lies over truth. We live in a world and a nation that exalts cheating over honesty, our rights over submission, divorce over marriage, and human reasoning and political correctness over the Bible. We live in a world where Christianity is considered just one of many religions where it is socially acceptable to be an atheist, not believing in God, not believing in heaven or even hell. Not to mention many who are coming on the scene claiming to be the Messiah. In light of all this, it is urgent that we know Jesus, who is Israel's true Messiah, for he is the heart of Christianity and the only way through which salvation comes. Salvation comes only through the Lord Jesus Christ. In this particular passage, my friend, Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi. 
which was a Roman city built by Herod Philip the Tetrarch with a predominantly Syrian and Greek population. It was also a place where many temples to the heathen gods were. Uh, For example, they worshiped the god Pan, the Greek god of nature. They worshiped Baal and even Caesar Augusta, the Roman emperor, along with so many other pagan gods in Caesarea Philippi. Caesarea Philippi was a small town located about 25 miles north of Galilee at the base of Mount Hermon. My wife and I were there. Matter of fact, I even preached at that exact location about five miles east of Jordan. It was approximately six months before Jesus' crucifixion. And now Jesus prepares his disciples for his approaching death by initiating a conversation about his own person. Verse 13 is a probing Question. Verse 13, a probing question. Look at, look, look at verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of man am? You see my friend, Jesus knowing that he would soon be going to the cross to fulfill the redemptive plan of God, prepared his disciples for his approaching death by initiating conversation through a probing question concerning his own identity. The disciples heard the scribes and Pharisees call Jesus everything but the son of God. The purpose of the question between Jesus and his disciples was to remove any skepticism and doubts from the disciples and also to strengthen their faith in Yeshua because after his death, they would be advancing the kingdom of God on earth. Jesus wanted to make very sure that the kingdom work would be carried on by these men after he had departed to go back to heaven. And this question needs to be answered today. The question that Jesus asked his disciples is the ultimate question we need to ask ourselves. This is the question we need to ask our families, our children, our grandchildren. This is the question we need to pose to every church and for everyone that crossed our path. We need to be asking the question, who is Jesus? Matter of fact, when the last time you've asked someone who is Jesus? I dare you to start asking. You get all kinds of answers. Some folk will say, I don't talk that. I talk to cowboys. I talk politics. But don't bring that Jesus stuff here. Start asking. You said nobody's bothering me. I'm not being persecuted for, for my faith. Start asking people who is Jesus and you will ruffle some feathers. Verse 14 is the opinion of men. Look at verse 14, if you will. I'm coming straight from the text. This is Maranatha Bible Church. It's not my opinion. It is what the word of God says. Look at verse 14, the opinion of men. The scripture says in verse 14, so they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. You see this verse is saying that the disciples here, they they responded to the question by giving the the popular opinions from the common people of Jesus's day. Some were of the opinion that Jesus was John the Baptist brought back to life. John had been killed by Herod Antipas and even he was wondering whether Jesus was John the Baptist resurrected. You say, how do you know that? Because of Matthew chapter 14 verses one and two, which says, At that time, Herod the Tetrarch heard the report about Jesus and said to his servants, this is John the Baptist. He is risen from the dead and therefore these powers are at work in him. 
Others thought that Jesus was Elijah because it, it had been prophesied that Elijah would come again. Where does it say that? In Malachi chapter 4, verses 5 and 6, it says, Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. You see, many thought that Jesus was Jeremiah or one of the prophets who had risen again. You say, how do you know that? Because of what the gospel says in the gospel of Luke chapter 9, verse 19. It says, so they answered and said, John the Baptist, but some say Elijah and others say that one of the old prophets had risen again. That's who Jesus is. You see, my friends, Christ was highly esteemed and greatly respected based on the popular opinions from the people of his day. Though Jesus possessed the characteristics of each of these three great men mentioned, surprisingly, no one suggested that Jesus was the Messiah. All the answers from the people were wrong. Even though there were many opinions about Christ, there was only one absolute truth about Christ. Jesus was and is God incarnate and the ultimate transcendent God above all other gods. There is none like the Lord Jesus. He is God all by himself. The New Testament says in Matthew 1.23, Behold, the virgin shall be with child. And bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. When Jesus came, born in Bethlehem of Judea, he was God who had come to tabernacle and live among us. Light had come into a world of darkness, in a world that was decadent. Jesus Christ, the light of the world, came in the fullness of time, born in Bethlehem of Judea as a babe in a manger. It is possible for men to have intellectual knowledge about Jesus and never acknowledge his godness or his divinity. Many view Jesus as just a good teacher, but that's not good enough. Many view Jesus as just a prophet, but that's not good enough. Many view Jesus as just a good preacher, but that's not good enough. Many view Jesus as a man greatly respected and esteemed, but never acknowledge him as God. My friend, those who refuse to believe that Jesus Christ is God will die in their sins. You say, how do I know that? Because of what the gospel of John chapter eight, verse 24 says, therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. And my friend, I submit to you today, if you don't believe that Jesus is God, uh, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that whoso believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If you don't believe that Jesus is God, God sent God. That's right. God sent God the Father, sent God the Son. He who was equal with God took on a lesser role to redeem lost humanity from our sins. Therefore, I said to you that you will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Do you know who Jesus is? It may sound like a simple question, but just as in the time that Christ lived, you might be surprised at the wide range of answers. Listen in today as Pastor Rander continues to point to the truth about who Jesus is in this message, Jesus, Israel's true Messiah. He'll be speaking from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin. Verse 15, 
Jesus probes his disciples about his identity. Jesus probes his disciples about his identity. The scripture says in this verse, he said to them, but who do you say that I am? After hearing the opinions of men, Jesus challenged his disciples with the same question. I've heard what has been said in the towns and villages about me, but now I want to hear from you personally, disciples, but who do you say that I am? How people answers this question determines where they will spend all eternity. To have the proper view of Jesus, one must seek to know him through the scriptures and not public opinions. If you want to know about Jesus and who he is, you got to get to this book. This book teaches you about Jesus. It teaches you about his person. It teaches you about his work. It teaches you about who he is and what he has done. That's why you need to go to the Bible. Now, many read books about Jesus. Many attend Bible seminars about Jesus. Many attend Bible conferences about Jesus. Many go to revivals and hear about Jesus. Many attend crusades about Jesus. Many listen to great preachers about Jesus. Many go to Sunday school to hear the teacher talk about Jesus and have heard about Jesus on television, radio, and internet. But the question is, who do you say Jesus is? Who is Jesus to you? We must have our own testimony as to who Jesus is to us. We are not saved by human experiences. We are not saved by the testimonies of others. We are not saved by entertainment and we are not saved by good works. If you were saved by good works, you'll be, you'll be prancing around here, uh, strutting like a peacock as to how you save yourself. You can't save yourself. If you could save yourself, there would be no need for a savior. We needed a savior because we could not save ourselves. That's why we don't, we, our focus is not entertainment here. I'm not trying to swing from the hoops and swing from steps and all these kinds of things. Because if I do that this week, what, what do I have to do next week? Bounce on my head or something? I come here to stand tall and flat-footed to tell you about the good news of Jesus Christ. People are going to hell, not by, not in a, not in a handbasket. They're going by way of the Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon. People need the Lord, my friends. I know that this is grandparents day, but I want to tell you something. Jesus has no grandchildren. Your, your children, your, your children can't come to Christ on your faith. You, just like you can't come to Christ on your mom and daddy faith. Now they can influence you to come to Christ or they can introduce Christ to you, but they can't save you. They got to, they have to embrace the Lord Jesus Christ for themselves. They can, listen, God has no grandchildren. You have to know that you know, know that you know, you know, that you know, you know, that you know, you know, you know, Jesus for yourself. We must trust God and experience him for ourselves. In other words, who is Jesus to you? Look at verse 16 in the text. It's verse 16 is Peter's divine confession. Verse 16 is Peter's divine confession. It says, Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus addressed this question to all 12 of his disciples. However, it was Peter who spoke for the rest of the disciples through divine revelation from God and answered without hesitation saying, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. In other words, he was Israel's Messiah and God, the son. Christ is the promised Messiah, the anointed one. Messiah means anointed one. 
Peter identified Jesus as the Messiah, the one who was to reign forever on the throne of his great ancestor, David. And more importantly, it identified Jesus as the one and only son of the living God who came to save his people from their sins. Jesus did not come to save some bird. He did not come to save some endangered species. He did not come to save the tree. He did not come to save some fish or some salmon. He came to save the peoples from their sins. The title also reflects Jesus' unique relationship with the Father. In Psalms chapter 2 verse 7 it says, I will declare the decree the Lord has said to me, you are my son today I have begotten you, which refers to our Lord's incarnation, resurrection, and exaltation. In the book of Acts chapter 13 verses 33 and 34 it says, God has fulfilled this for us, their children, in that he has raised up Jesus. See, we must believe that God raised up Jesus from the dead, as it is also written in the second Psalms. You are my son today. Even the Old Testament affirmed uh, Jesus as the son of God. I have begotten you. God did not create Jesus. Jesus was with God in the beginning. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. Jesus was with God in the beginning when he said, let us make man. That's a Trinitarian statement there that's inclusive of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Verse 34 of Acts 13 says, and that he raised him from the dead. We have a resurrected Savior. No more to return to corruption. He will not die again, my friend. Matthew 3, 17 also says, and suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. God affirms from heaven that Jesus is the son of the living God. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. In verse 16, Peter also says that this Jesus is the son of the living God, which emphasizes that Jesus is the one and only God who is alive in the midst of all the other dead, worthless idols that were being worshiped in Caesarea Philippi, filled with all kind of idols, all kind of gods. But you know what? Idols and idolatry is not just in Caesarea Philippi of yesteryear, Centuries ago, we got a lot of idols today. That cell phone could be an idol. Facebook can be an idol. Spend so much time. You, you connected with everybody but Jesus can, can be an idol. Tweeting, idol. You can just be carried away with the television and, and the movies and, and the clothes and the fashions and the sports can become an idol. And, you, and, you got, and then you got these sports games where you can have virtual sports and all this kind of stuff. Just idolatry all over the place. You can make an idol out of yourself. You stuck on yourself. You carried away with yourself. You take pictures of yourself, selfies of yourself. Click, 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 click. You click yourself away because you're so stuck on yourself. But let me tell you something. You need to get over yourself. You need to be like John. I must decrease and he must increase. It is not about you. It is about the Lord Jesus Christ. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. I affirm today. I want to point people to Christ. Like John said, behold the Lamb of God who came to take away the sin of the world. Peter's statement of declaration and confession of his own faith, he made a statement of personal conviction. Peter's statement affirmed, confirmed, validated, and made it unmistakably clear that Jesus was and is God in human flesh. Peter confessed Jesus to be the long-awaited Messiah. 
of the Jews through whom the promises, all the promises of God will be fulfilled to the nation Israel. Peter revealed the true identity of Jesus Christ. The Messiah is more than a human being. Now, some people want to just keep Jesus as a human. If he was just a human, then he would have a human uh, nature and he would need a savior himself. But uh, Joseph did not touch Mary. How did she, how did Mary, the, the mother of Jesus get pregnant? She was overshadowed by the Holy Spirit without a man. From the Holy Spirit, uh, Jesus was conceived. And from Mary, he received his flesh. He was 100% man and 100% God. The Messiah is more than a human being. He is God in human flesh, God incarnate. If he were not God, if Jesus were not God, his death would have been of no more value than any other person's death. But because he is God in human flesh, his death was infinite, His death was significant and is the only one who is able to take away sins. There will never be another Messiah born to take away sins. Anybody saying they're Messiah, they Jesus, they God, they false. You don't pay any attention to them and you turn your head, move on and just say he needs a whole lot of prayer. Or she needs a whole lot of prayer. The deity, the godness of Jesus is still the foundational doctrine of the Christian faith. What people believe about Jesus determines whether they are saved or lost. What you believe about Jesus determines whether you are in Christ or out. What you believe about Jesus determines whether you are in the kingdom of God or not. What you believe about Jesus determines whether you are on your way to heaven or hell. In other words, what they believe about Jesus determines their eternal destiny. Let me transition and make another statement. When you have a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ, you will confess him as God. I submit to you today, when you have a genuine relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, you will have no problem confessing him as Lord, God, and Savior. There are confessions in the Bible as it relates to Jesus being God and confessing him as being God. Let me just give you a few. Number one, Nathaniel confessed Christ as the son of God. In the book of John, chapter 1, verse 49, it says, Nathaniel answered and said to him, Rabbi, the word rabbi means teacher, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Uh, secondly, Peter makes another confession of faith in Christ. For it says in the gospel of John, chapter 6, verses 68 and 69, but Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ the son of the living God. Thirdly, the disciples declare Jesus to be the son of God. For it says in Matthew chapter 14, verse 33, then those who were in the boat came and worshiped him saying, truly you are the son of God. Then doubting Thomas, number four, doubting Thomas confessed Christ as God. For the scripture says in the gospel of John chapter 20, verses 27 through 28, then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here. And look at my hands, Thomas, and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, Thomas, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. That's what he said. Why did he say that? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. He is God. He is God. He did exactly what he said he would do. 
That's why Thomas said, my Lord and my God. When was the last time you told your child, baby, I want to let you know Jesus is my Lord and my God. When last time you told somebody on your job, Jesus is my Lord and my God. When last time you told somebody at the family reunion, Jesus is my Lord and my God. When did you stop playing dominoes and checkers and bingo and, and football and tennis and don't, and when you got yourself some Kool-Aid, yeah, I almost said Coors, but got yourself some Kool-Aid and said, Jesus is my Lord and my God. Why don't you say, 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 say Jesus is my Lord. And my God, thank you. The true church is universal and it is made up of all who genuinely confess Jesus to be the Christ, the son of the living God. A genuine believer not only confesses the truth about Christ, but also surrenders himself to the word and will of Christ. When you say you're a Christian, then you are saying that I believe this book. I believe the Bible. I submit to the words of this book, the authority of this book. It is my responsibility with the help of the Holy Spirit to align myself on the authoritative word of God. It is not what the politicians say. It is not what secular media say. It is not what friends say. It is not what family say. It is not what my sorority say. It is not what my fraternity say. It is not what all these other folk in my life say. It is what thus saith the word of God. You are to surrender to the word of God and do what it says. Now, some people, they get holy than thou on on, on Sundays, but they act like a devil on Sunday night. On Monday, listen, when you've truly been born again, that relationship with Christ, it carries on through Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday night and Saturday and, and back on Sunday because you have a living relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Your desire, your heart's desire is to do the will of God for his name's sake and to make much of Christ. When we disobey God, we set the stage for our impending destruction. God is our only hope. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We must walk by faith and not by sight. We must obey God and look to the hills from whence cometh our help. And where does our help come? It comes from who made heaven and earth. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.